0: In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. Every couple knows they need to talk to each other, and every couple knows they could do it better. This is why I hope you'll grab a copy of With These Words by Rob Flood. By exploring the hows and whys of communication, this book gives readers five communication tools that work not only for marriage, but for every relationship. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. And today I get to welcome back Jen pollock michelle Jen is a speaker and an author. She's written a number of books. You might've heard of them. Keeping Place, that's Reflections on the Meaning of Home. Another called Teach Us to Want. That's about longing, ambition, and faith. And most recently, Surprised by Paradox, which reminds us that Christianity doesn't just fill our minds with truth, but also fills our hearts with wonder. She's a regular contributor to Christianity Today and the Gospel Coalition. A wife and mother of five, Jen lives with. with her family in Toronto, Canada, and we welcome you back to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Champ. It's so fun to be here.
0: It's great to have you back. So I'm really looking forward to the passage you have for us today.
1: Yes, I am talking today about Psalm 119.68, which is probably a pretty easy verse, and people will think there won't be much here, but there really is. Psalm 119.68, you are good and do good. Teach me your statutes.
0: Wow, you're right. That is short. In fact, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and read it again. Okay. This is Psalm 119, verse 68, and says, You are good, and you do what is good. Teach me your statutes.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, so explain. What's going on in this verse?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I often, I would say almost always talk about this verse when I go out and speak, because I think it shows us um, really what the heart of faith is. You are good and do good, that God is a God who can be trusted. I mean, I don't think there is a life of faith apart from trusting that God is good and does good. And I think so much of our spiritual life kind of hinges on that belief that God Mm -hmm. is good and does good. And I think we see the second part of the verse, which is talking about obedience, being direct related to our trust that God is good and that God does good. And so if we don't trust that God is good and does good, it's not very likely that we're going to keep his commandments and we're going to think that his will for us is good. And so, so many things kind of break down. The moment we think, well, God isn't good or he's not good to me or his word isn't good or his ways are not good.
0: So a lot of our listeners are kids. They're part of the families that are listening mm-hmm. to this podcast, perhaps even while they're in the car together. Where do you think kids at home struggle with really believing that God is good and does good?
1: I think kids are are like adults. <laughs> I think we're, we're usually convinced that what we think is good is good, <laughs> uh-huh. you know? And so for instance, you know, a pretty typical scenario in a, in a home, because I do have five children, is, you know, <laughs> a kid A wants, you know, this particular thing. And mom and dad say, well, you know, that's actually not great if you spend all Saturday watching TV or playing video games. Like, And, you know, and the kid is absolutely convinced, no, this is what's good for me. And so in trusting that, you know, that dynamic of the child and parent and trusting ourselves to our authority figures to believe that they actually know a good that we may not know that we may not really believe we may not really understand and so but we if we could just believe that our parents are good we could certainly obey them. And hmm. I think the same is absolutely true of God. You know, it happens for kids as much as it happens for adults, that we'll find things in the Bible that rub up against the things that we think we really want. Hmm. And what and what's going to happen then, right? We're going to have to ask ourselves the question, well, who's good? Whose will is good?
0: So it's really not a matter of just, I'm agreeing, okay, yeah, God is good. It's almost like I'm submitting to God's version of goodness for my life.
1: Yes, that's why the second half of the verse is so important. You know, it's different. If it were just, you are good and you do good. Okay, great. (laughs) You know, that's wonderful. But you are good and and you do good. Teach me your statutes. Hmm. So let me walk in your very good ways. And this is the whole of the Christian life is learning to walk in God's very good ways and believing that his ways are so, so good. And I really do believe we see that in the life of Jesus.
0: Hmm. So where do you see this in the life of Jesus?
1: I think we see this as Jesus confronts the cross. You know, I've been studying John recently, and he gets to the triumphal entry. He's going into Jerusalem, and the crowds are cheering. And then his heart, you know, he says, you know, the hour has come, the cross. It's a, its right ahead of me. What should I say? You know, my soul is troubled at the thought. But I won't say, Father, save me from this hour. No, Father, glorify your name. And so the cross is just this this total entrusting of himself to the good plans of his father, you know, and it's so painful, you know, and he gets to the Garden of Gethsemane and he says, you know, if there's another way, I'd really like to take it, Mm -hmm. and yet I submit myself to you. I think we could actually probably say that this psalm is sort of underlying Mm -hmm. the prayers of the Garden of Gethsemane, Mm -hmm. you know, take this cup from me, but not as I will, but as you will, because God you are good and you do good. Teach me your statutes. Let me walk in your ways. I can trust them.
0: So how did this verse become so meaningful to you?
1: I think that this is the sort of verse that has really spoken to me in seasons of suffering in my life. You know, hmm. to be quite honest, um, I have had some really early losses in my life. I was 18 when my dad died suddenly, and I was 23 when my brother died. And so, that very early in my life, and I, in my Christian life, I had become a Christian when I was 16, I had to wrestle with the idea that life isn't always good. It's not always good. Things don't, it's an incredibly broken world. Sometimes we pray for things and we don't get them, you know, really good things. And, you know, life just doesn't turn out as we plan or expect. So, what are we meant to kind of learn? How, what do we hold on to in those? dark valleys, those valleys of the shadow of death, as the psalmist says in Psalm 23. We hold on to the idea that God is good and that God does good. And that's the whole storyline of the Bible, that God is good and does good. He He did good in the garden. He loved humanity. He made them a beautiful home. He gave them a commandment to protect them, to actually preserve their life. And they rebelled against Him. And mm-hmm. then God has been doing good ever since the garden, at great cost to himself. You know, when we get to the cross, that is the ultimate giving of God, the giving of himself, the doing good for a humanity that didn't deserve it. And the whole story ends, you know, with God just remaking the world because he's so committed to his own goodness and to doing good. And I think this is just so hopeful for us, you know, whether or not we face, you know, really traumatic Losses are just small disappointments in the everyday.
0: So if you're discussing this verse with your kids and you're on the way to school or running an errand, you're almost at the destination. How are you going to wrap it up? What do they need to know as they head into their day from this verse?
1: I have twins. One of them started losing their teeth earlier than the other, which meant the one twin was getting money and the other twin wasn't. (laughs) And you can imagine what that caused, the kind of crisis that caused in our house. And I actually told this first to to the other son who wasn't losing his teeth. I said, you know what? God is good and God does good. It's God who plans the losing of our teeth and Mm. we can trust him. And so that twin looked at me and said, so God likes my brother more than me. (laughs) you know he just sort of felt like well if God plans our losing how often we lose our teeth and when and then he chose my brother to lose his teeth earlier what does this mean but (laughs) this is exactly the kind of verse we get to sort of talk to our kids about and just the everyday sort of disappointments of life I didn't make the basketball team you know I didn't do as well on that exam as I wanted I didn't get into the university I wanted that friend you know really hurt me at school I felt betrayed by that. I just woke up and I, I, I feel sad or I just feel grumpy.
0: Mm.
1: Well, you know what? Let's just take a step back. Who's ruling the world? What do we know about him? God is good and God does good. Teach me your statutes. Let's walk in his ways. We can believe, you know, the beginning of the psalm actually says, happy are those who walk in the teaching of the Lord mm. In one in one translation. And I think those are wonderful conversations to be having every day with our kids.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so good. Jen, thank you for making the time to be on the podcast again and for pointing us to this absolutely fantastic verse in the middle of Psalm 119. Would you just close our time by praying for us?
1: I will. God, you are good and you do good. We have a hard time believing that sometimes when our lives aren't good. Help us to trust you and teach us to obey you. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.